Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to the WrestleManiacs Podcast. A podcast where a group of improvisers from Detroit with a mutual love of wrestling come together to discuss each WrestleMania one at a time. Hello out there to all my fellow wrestling fans. Welcome to the WrestleManiacs Podcast, Episode 1, and thank you for listening, downloading, and sharing. Thank you for coming on this journey with us. It's going to be a lot of fun. My name is Alex Ketchum, and I am here with the man with the plan, Mr. Bob Wick. Bob, how you doing? It's going to get down today, baby. Woo, calling out <laughs> S.D. Jones already. I'm not calling out. I'm a huge fan. That's my dude now. That is my guy. Well, today, we are going to discuss WrestleMania 1 that took place in 1985 on right. March 31st. But before we get into all that, we want to set a little bit of the scene, take us back in time so you can get a better feel for what was happening at the time, because I was only two years old. <laughs> I was a little bit older than that, so 1985 was a fun year. Uh, top movie was Back to the Future. We had Live Aid for all those who've seen Bohemian Rhapsody, you know what that is. Uh, we Are the World Happens. We are the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Nintendo NES was released. Um, Michael Jordan was named the Rookie of the Year. And Reagan was president. I have a Reagan poster in my house just for irony because it says the time is now and has him smiling really big. I found it in the attic. It was great. I love it. That's what kept him young. <laughs> <laughs> He's just staring off into like the, just like a twinkle, like photoshopped into his eye. It's fantastic. <laughs> no. <laughs> Sell your house. <laughs> oh, come on. All right. So we got lights up. Yep. So, uh, WrestleMania 1 took place in Madison Square Garden, right? Vince McMahon's own backyard, the home of the WWF, the mecca of sports entertainment and sports in general, for that matter, or performing in general, right? The house that San Martino built, if you will. That's Bruno's house. Right. Now, this was on a closed circuit, which is before pay per view, which was. Kind of, uh, how did you describe it? It's how your grandparents used to stream stuff, kids. <laughs> yeah. Streaming version one. Right. Now, here's the kicker, though. This actually did sell really well. Over a million buys in closed circuit. As we discussed in our bonus video, he had everything on the line. This was a gamble to win his father's company. And if you think about it, that's kind of messed up because wrestling has been traditionally, as far as the wrestling different camps were it was always a family thing like you look at the Hart family in in canada and other locations they were pretty much the same the thing Crockett's, yeah yeah and uh, even ben bill watts's son was upset when he sold the company to jim crockett because he was expecting to inherit it uh vincent mann did not inherit his company as you would think he had a stipulation that we talked about that where if he missed any payments to six other individuals by a single cent he would forfeit all the payments he's made so far, and the rights to the company to those six people. And what's also messed up, if you watch the pay-per-view, at least three of these people are helping making the pay-per-view a success. So that's pretty interesting, to me at least. Yeah, I mean, but if if I was in their shoes too, I'd want to make it good, because if you're going to inherit it, you don't want it to be a piece of crap. True, true. You know? So that was kind of like the real-life story of WrestleMania, but... The event itself was based around the single match of Piper, Orndorff, and Orton Jr., the heavy, the back, the big hitter, you know? Yeah. 
And their rivalry with Hulk Hogan and star of A Team and the Rocky Three and Club of Lang and the Mr. T cartoon, which was him and a bunch of young gymnasts. Mr. T Serial. Mr. T. Yeah, the, the face of Mr. T Serial. The star of Serial. Mr. <laughs> T. <laughs> the man who was taking on Captain Crunch himself. Mr. T, sucker. As seen in Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Now, the hype of this thing was kind of, as seen in Pee was he in Pee Wee's Big Adventure? The, the, the cereal was in the, in the oh, morning. Okay, you know, okay. I, I pitted a fool. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought Mr. T was like, that. Oh. That skinny asshole was eating cereal and eggs. That's, that's too much. <laughs> <laughs> Hating on Pee Wee Herman for being skinny. That's the only time I've ever heard hate for Pee Wee Herman for being skinny. Hundreds of other things. But no, I thing. masturbate, so I'm, I'm cool with that. Right. In theaters, no less. Right. <laughs> the rules are never look to your right or left or down. Fair enough. At least that's what I hear. <laughs> so, lights up. We have Gorilla Monsoon and Jesse the Body wearing the coolest tux I've ever seen in my life. I'll be honest with you. If I had the, I guess, charisma and money... And just courage. I would dress like Jesse the Body Ventura every day. I, I agree. I, they look amazing. I wish we could pull it off. If we, if I had the dough, I would buy the, us those outfits to wear. I would. I want to dress like a pro wrestling manager <laughs> every day of my life. But I have a professional job, and I can't do that. People don't really believe you as well when you're wearing a light up jacket. I, I could probably pull it off in the auto plant, but I don't think I'd be comfortable. <laughs> that, that'd be the problem. Can't build a car and wearing a tux. Yeah. Unfortunately. Uh, but, and then the biggest, I, I forgot about this part. Mean Gene comes out. Oh, yes. Freaking baritonin. All acapella. Doing America the Beautiful. Why not the national anthem? Because Vince prefers America the Beautiful. I actually do, too. I think it's a better I, song. Lyrically, yeah. And it's shorter. Uh, but for a non-professional singer to pull it off, I could, or try to pull it off acapella, and he does. He nails it. Everybody joins in, and yeah, even throws in the everybody. Yeah, and like everybody loves Mean Gene, so mean everybody's Gene gonna help him out, man. Is your fun uncle? You want like you want to hang out with Mean Gene? Yeah, he's a treasure. He was. A, it was a big hit to the wrestling world, wrestling community, when he passed away. And we should do this too. Like we can compare the the product now, what it's missing. What they used to do, and and vice versa, mm-hmm. and we don't have a mean gene type character. No, you don't have a like someone who's kind of iconic back there and who I, is really reliable, I guess, because all his interviews were good. Yeah, he had those little jokes he would whip in there, like you hear him with like Volkov later on the night. Oh, comedy! I mean, comrade. He was a character with himself. Uh, I think the closest thing we had was Renee, and they they bumped her up, and she's. I I know some people complain about the way she. She does commentary, but I think she's wonderful. I and I and she said herself, like, I know I'm not the best, but I'm learning on the job. And it's a hard job to learn. Yeah. yeah. I thought she was great backstage. I thought yeah. she actually helped people who were bad do well. Like that's what Mean Gene did, right? He kinda let them yeah. on, you know, gave him a simple answer to a question. She yeah, she gave him like charisma when there was none. She can make Jinder Mahal interesting. And that is the impossible task. Yeah, unless he's talking about how he went from skinny to jacked. That's and he's pretty <laughs> not, he's gonna have much to say. Um, why are we hating on gender? I don't know. <laughs> I haven't even seen him on TV in forever. <laughs> uh, so from there, uh, the first thing I noticed just after this, they kind of did like the, the ring shot, right? Right. This is not the WWF that 
I remember from my childhood. No, it's 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 got the old look. It's it's more l- like for a boxing match. Exactly, that's what I think it is. It's like a big fight night. You know, uh, they're still like the very real style performance. Uh, this is all real, um, even though there is some more showmanship than other wrestling in the in the country that at yeah. the time. Uh, but like they had the backstage, like people walking to the ring from like the back lockers and stuff, like they see in the fights. You see a lot of you know. behind the curtains on accident. You know, you see everybody around the ring. You see a lot more of the production process than you would do currently. Uh, you don't see any of the audience, which kind of bums me out because it looks like they're performing for an empty arena. All you can see is like the exit sign. Yeah, I mean, when I was a kid, I used to watch the Saturday WCW and uh, watch WWF and WWF is always number one. Of course. Uh, because of like, you could tell immediately when you turned it on, cause it was like the quality, right? Like a smoky, smaller arena, not very, very well lit versus like the bright lights of WWF. But then you look at this it's like, Oh, Whoa, they did yeah. that too. <laughs> so yeah, it, it was kind of just but a refresher, you know, WrestleMania three wasn't the beginning in their defense. It, yeah, this is their first event of this kind. The, the only thing, the only template they had was probably boxing, so mm-hmm. they were probably using the same rigs and whatnot. Uh, yeah, I mean, would there have been other wrestling events? But if, I, if they were different than boxing, Vince McMahon's going to do boxing because he's not going to copy another wrestling promoter. Of course, yeah. He will intentionally not use a good idea because it's from another wrestling promoter. And war games. In that time, boxing is a more popular sport. So if you're going bigger, you want to shoot for the bigger kind of event. Rather than do what Jim Crockett did with Starcade. Yeah. And it's all, I guess it's also familiar to the audience, right? Like that look, that feel yeah. at the time. Uh, it's not familiar to us. When they're doing grandpa streaming, like they, they're, they're expecting a certain look. Yeah. And that, that was it. Exit sign glowing in the background. I mean, he's taking a gamble, but he's also playing it safe. And he's doing a couple moves here. He does a couple moves throughout the pay per view to make sure there's big pops and. You know, and that's what you do when you put on a show. I'm, I'm not knocking them, but they're, you know, bringing in, again, San Martino halfway through the card. Mm-hmm. That That's a calculated move. Like, he oh, knows yeah. how to put on a show. Yeah, he is. I mean, yeah, he, he risked it all, but, I mean, he did it the smartest way possible. Right. right. He, he calculated edges, risk. Edge his bet. <laughs> let's, t- let's talk about the first match. Yeah. Uh, this it opened up, and like I'm happy that Tito Santana gets to be in history as one of the first WrestleMania participant. He came into the ring first, and he got the first win at WrestleMania. Yeah. Uh, his opponent, however, was quickly forgotten, even though he was undefeated. Undefeated. Well, when you create your character the day of, he has a record of zero and zero, which means he has never yeah. lost. He is the executioner. Some may know him as Playboy Buddy Rose, but today. <laughs> He is the executioner. And there's a little interview pre-taped with Mean Gene. And Bob, I'd like you to reenact that for me right now. <laughs> Give me a shot at it. Well, have you, have you ever seen Jay and Silent Bob strike back? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's this great scene where they're at that fake McDonald's and they're, they're replying to things on the internet. <laughs> yeah, he's done. Uh, yeah. Because the whole plot is they're, they're, they're making a movie about the characters Jay and Silent Bob and people are insulting that movie. So cut to Jason Mewes, also known as Jay in the movie, because Weiler... We've I, seen the movie, Bob. Just, I just want to talk... You know, I got I got my own separate podcast called What's Kevin Smith Up To? Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, so it gets to the part where he's, he's writing back to the commenters, and he's like, 
hey, I'm going to come to your house and beat you up and then take a crap and make you eat my crap and then make you crap and you're going to... And then I'm going to make you eat the crap that you crap that's made out of my crap, you sons of bitches. You are the ones who suck. And <laughs> I thought that was just Jay Muse being Jay Muse, but he must have took notes from the, the executioner here because it was the same thing. Tito Santana, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be the one who wins tonight because I wrestle good, gooder than you, and I'm, I'm going for the leg. And you might go for mine, but I'll get yours first because I'm the better wrestler and I like competition. <laughs> and this mask he's got on is like they they just somebody had an extra one from God knows when, and it's barely fit. It's a giant hole, so you can see most of his face. I appreciate I appreciate the 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 black tape over the name. Oh, rose on the on the boots. Yeah, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. You can't see. Yeah, if you put black tape over the rose, he's a totally different character. So. I mean, I didn't know who he was. I forgot. He, I didn't know the executioner was real. And just, just in case you were wondering out there, executioner is a name of someone who's going to lose unless you are a five-year-old making up your first wrestling name on a bed. It's a good law. It's a good law of wrestling. Because every kid had their executioner character. I know <laughs> I did. I thought that was the coolest name ever. And not... Well, actually, I still think it's pretty cool. I'm going for the leg. I'm going for the leg. He's so confident. He's giving away his fucking like, strategy. But he lost. Yeah, he lost. Uh, I think he only went for the leg once. So he he goes to the ring and just gives up his strategy. Yep. The match itself was good. There there was a good 10 minutes of them bouncing off the ropes at each other. Oh, yeah. And the loose ropes. Like, <laughs> yeah. like They hit the ropes, and the ropes just give. That's another difference between wrestling now and wrestling then. They now they tighten up the ropes. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have. I'm gonna enjoy. Uh, this is something I realized while watching this. I'm really gonna enjoy watching the technology and like the look of the ring and everything kind of evolve. Well, have you ever like we've talked about this before? Have you ever seen the the thirty and thirty about this is the XFL? They give McMahon a lot of props about his innovation as far as the way things are filmed and camera techniques and. Just, just innovations along his video, and he's always on the cutting edge of that stuff. So yeah, it's gonna be interesting. It's yeah, year to year though. We're gonna we get, we're gonna be watching them kind of back pretty close together. So it's gonna be fun to see like year to year how they how they get better. Have you ever watched Documentary Now? Uh-uh. There, there is the one with Tim Robinson in it, and it's basically. Uh, do you know what it is? Uh, it, they do fake mockumentaries. Uh, oh, like the uh, the this is. Uh, Spinal Tap thing? Yeah, kind of like that, but but, but they're based on real documentaries. Okay. So uh, there's this one based off Nanook of the North where it, it, first you're found an, um, an Inuit, an Inuit in, in his regular day, and then he just he kind of becomes aware of the, the camera and stuff like that, and, it becomes, and then he starts innovating all these cool camera techniques. Like, don't, don't just... <laughs> don't just film me uh, riding my my dog sled across because it's, you know since it's all white background you can't get the perspective right. Follow me along alongside me on another bog bobsled so you can you can see the momentum and stuff like that. It it's all comedically done. It's hilarious, but that's why I think about this like you have these guys who are supposed to be these meatheads because they're bodybuilders. They're 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 live action he man are coming up with all these inner and in technology and and streaming and oh yeah it's just it's, it's an industry that's been kind of shunned and put it's like people were afraid to say they were wrestling fans for a good while um i don't think that's the case now 
I, I'm definitely more. I'm, I'm proud. I'm a proud wrestling fan. Yeah. Be, the, be it I, you know, the internet wrestling community, uh, you know, a modern era fan, casual, hardcore, or just a nostalgia holic. I'm a wrestling fan, by God. And it wasn't always the case, but this industry has done a lot that has changed entertainment in general. Well, what's so great about wrestling, and we talk about the golden age and everything, is uh, before it used to be on every channel because mm-hmm. it was inexpensive entertainment. And it was new every week. And people loved it. And it still is new every week, although it's not as new as it feels. But it's still new. <laughs> still new. It ain't done it before. May still not done it before. Maybe the same storyline they did before, but it ain't. It's somebody different. It's different. It's different. Oh, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Which brings us to our second match or our second pre match promo with SD Jones, who I just discovered by rewatching WrestleMania and I'm totally in love with. He is probably my new favorite old school wrestler. Hall of Famer, special deliverer Jones, baby. Uh, most know him as a jobber, but again. He's a former tag team champion. He's a Hall it, of Famer. He, he, had, he had a good career, but when we started coming into it, he was he was there. He was right. he was a great worker that was there to uh, enhancement. Enhancement. Yeah. But his his mic skills were top notch. He does this great interview, and give me a piece. <laughs> well, the only line I, I really remember, and I loved it. Just he ends the piece with, "It's gonna go down tonight." Or I'm sorry, "It's gonna go down today, baby." <laughs> Just the way he said, baby, like... I mean, he's got his windbreaker he's on. He's, yeah, yeah. I mean, he had his windbreaker on. He was he's jazzed up. He's got like, a great Ooh. look. Oh, he was jacked, man. Uh, he goes out against King Kong Bundy, who actually put... Made, I was afraid of him. He he was real to me right? as a kid, right? Just this monstrous, like, egg. It's like if Humpty Dumpty <laughs> was a bad guy and a real person. Just that grimace of a look. He looked like he looked like Grimace from Ronald McDonald. and Yes, like, an albino Grimace. Yeah. Albino Grimace. <laughs> and Jimmy Hart was Ronald McDonald. Oh, God. We're going to get the kids today, baby. Here we go, baby. We're going to get them now. He's like, I want a five count and some French fries. <laughs> well, King Kong Bundy went out there, and he set a WrestleMania record. Now, many of you will watch this and think, that was not nine seconds. Because they're going to announce it as a nine-second victory over Those S.T. Jones. Those of you who believe that time is a construct that we all <laughs> <laughs> a measurement that we all can pay homage to and, and agree mm-hmm. that it's it's a, a particular measurement. <laughs> well, I mean, what I want to say is the physics in the ring are somewhat like a black hole. It was so destructive. Time slowed down. Oh. Now, our brains can't really handle it, so it seems like it was longer, but actually, it was only nine seconds. And King Kong Bundy smashes S.D. Jones in nine seconds, a record that would stand... Uh, what, 30 years? 30 years. 30 years. Until The Rock beats, um, who was that? Not Luke Harper. Uh, his, uh, tag team partner. Oh, uh, Harper and Rowan. Rowan. Yeah, he beats Rowan in, in, in faster time than that. Mm-hmm. Um, which I wasn't really a match, was it? No. So, like, give Bundy the victory. I mean, well, right. Seamus beat Daniel Bryan in, like, four seconds or something. So, it was ridiculous. Like, that, right. that actually made Daniel Bryan a hero. Um, yeah, this 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 match was four moves long, and it was just avalanche, boom boom avalanche, and the big splash. I missed the big splash by a big fat guy. <laughs> yeah, because that was like that's what uh, uh, the construction guys do it now. Uh, the 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 tag team, 
The big guy who does the oh heavy heavy machinery heavy machinery yeah he does the big splash now he yeah. does he does both the caterpillar then the the big splash yeah I saw that guy perform in Detroit uh, a couple years ago at, uh, when they were just getting started on the NXT yeah. show it was great uh, that I, I swear to God his mother was a refrigerator yeah he's or his daddy was. he looks like Ram Man from <laughs> the head on a square yeah yeah block did you have a uh, uh, Master of the Universe guys. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. looked like oh, Ryan yeah, Man. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. yes. He, he just pushed the back of his heel and he just knocked stuff over. Funny you bring that up because I was cleaning out my old toys the other day. All right. Um, Find any treasure? Oh, I got, I, I got all the rest of my buddies. Oh, we're gonna have to check out our Instagram because we're gonna start featuring all my old wrestling toys. Wrestling buddies around Detroit. <laughs> Big Boss Man, Me and Daughter Man, Hulk Hogan, Ultimate Warrior, Macho King. Um. Do I have another one? No. I think I do, but I can't remember which one it is. It'll uh, be a surprise. Follow us on Instagram, though. If you want to know who the mystery sixth partner is. <laughs> WrestleManiacs Pod. Uh, WrestleManiacs Podca- uh, Pod on Instagram. WrestleManiacs Pod at gmail.com. And WrestleManiacs Podcast on Facebook. Check us out. Like us. Follow. Help us out. Tell us what you want to see, what kind of things you want to hear on this show, because we want to make this show as good as possible. We're fans like you guys are, and we're willing to try anything because we go off the cuff. That's the voodoo that we do oh so well. <laughs> well Match number three. Match another three. great leading in interview by Matt Bourne. He's taking on Ricky Steamboat, who was built like an action figure. This is my favorite worst interview, just because I, <laughs> like, what are you selling here? What are you trying to be, a bad guy? So, <clears throat> a quick impersonation of Matt Bourne. Ricky Steamboat, we have a match tonight, and I hope you lose because you're a great guy. And hey, I have a sister. Would you like to date her? But honestly, I hope you lose. But I, I, I hope there was a way maybe we can tie. I don't know. Man, you're cool. <laughs> <laughs> you got me at the end there. All right. <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, Matt Bull comes out. He's supposed to be the bad guy, but he's just like, he's a great athlete, and I love him so much. And I just want to hug him. Uh, but, it's just it's ridiculous. But. And of course, Ricky Steamboat is this his debut match. One of his he just debuted shortly here before, uh, so he's still new to the WWF audience. So he gets a, a win. It's a great match. I mean, right. Matt Bourne's going to be a lumberjack and a few other things, and then a clown eventually. Uh, doink, the best doink. Yeah, you know, he he was doink. There's only one. Yeah, I mean there was like seventy, but there's only one. Um, but yeah, Ricky Steamboat. I just couldn't get over how jacked up. He I was. didn't remember him being this big. Superman ain't got shit on him. He's got muscles where no other person has muscles. It's and he had like the tights, not the sh- he didn't have the long pants. Like I, I was used to remembering him in right? yeah, um, like the martial arts pants. That's that's <laughs> I, I remember him coming in like a buff Daniel Larusso. Like mm-hmm. that that's how I remember my my Ricky Steamboat. Yeah, he came out looking like He Man, <laughs> right? He's huge. Got, yeah, see, there's two He Man references already. All right, we're on we're, we're on 80s a, kids. That's we're, that's how this is gonna work. We we're we're sticking in the the. The era we're in. Yeah, this is childhood. This is nostalgia. All right. All right. Let's get a. Uh, let's go to match four. Uh, okay. We, this is a uh, another uh, another good uh, pre-match promo. Uh, a little embarrassing. Oh like good, good and <laughs> no, it wasn't good. It was so bad. <laughs> and the only reason it's good is because it's fun to make fun of Brutus the Barber Beefcake the these days. <laughs> so like uh, his his manager Johnny Johnny Valiant. Uh, luscious Johnny V, if you will, 
uh, is given like a hell of a promo from a bad manager. And then he says, Brutus, tell him something. And what does Brutus do, Bob? Now, that is quote, unquote. I am not exaggerating. He just does that. And, you know, again, I was only two years old. Maybe the raspberry was like the worst. He was playing to you. I mean, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> he knew you were watching, man. Going for the two-year-old audience. Yeah. I don't know. I thought maybe the raspberry was like the worst put down you could possibly I, do in 85. I don't think so because halfway through it, he gets cut off. Yeah, I'm not going to let him talk. <laughs> yeah, Johnny V grabs that mic real quick. And Mean Gene just kind of looks at Brutus like, you dumb son of a bitch. It felt like that was like one of their rehearsals that made it to the air. Oh yeah, it did. Like when Gene, yeah, when the, the sign falls down, and Mean Gene's like, ah, fuck, fuck this shit, or whatever. Which follow us on Facebook. Well, we'll post that one. Yeah, we'll post this interview. You're gonna get a chance. But I mean, Brutus, uh, and he's going to act. They're going to go up against uh, Bruno San Martino, who's managing his son, David San Martino. Yes. Uh, AKA Bruno, uh, Bruno Jr. in in Fake presentation. Bruno. Yeah. Uh, it's not going to work. Bruno Jr. gets about two words out, and his dad takes over. We're going to wreck them tonight, and if anything comes in there, I'm going to I'm gonna jump in and then take care of business because I'm the one that people actually want to watch wrestle. Yeah. People <laughs> I mean, didn't know I had a son. I'm right paraphrasing, now. but he, basically that's what he said. Yeah, but Bruno wanted his son to be a good guy, and like, I just it's like saying the new Midnight Express. It's going to suck. Yeah, anytime you use the preface new, it's not worth it. I mean, yeah, good lord. Um, like maybe if he was like a bad guy, it would have worked. But and I'm sure I they thought of that. this. But I'm sure there was uh, maybe Bruno well, was like against they, it. I they don't tried know. that with David Flair, and that didn't work out too well. Twenty five years later, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, I mean it would have worked. It's the only way David would have had any kind of chance. But yeah. um, the match itself was way too long. Uh, it was. It was. It looked like, like an amateur wrestling. Not, not exactly amateur, but it was too old school. It was. I liked. I liked what Brutus did as a heel. Yeah, he I had, mean Brutus and, had a good look. Yeah, he was ahead of the curve. Like it, when like the everything kind of got jazzed up a little bit with the colors and look. He was. He didn't have to change anything. Uh, he was already there. Did you hear the the Hulk Hogan on uh, Steve Austin's podcast interview? No. He kind of explains his relationship with Brutus. It's kind of, it's kind of brutal. He's like, uh, he was, uh, Brutus was the the little brother of of a good friend of his, and he's like, yeah, I just kind of got stuck with this guy. <laughs> uh, really? Yeah. Because that, that's not what he said during the uh, Hall of Fame inter- induction. Well, you know, like, I thought they were actually friends, and I kind of, I mean, I didn't care if people. Hate, I liked Brutus when I was a kid. Oh, I loved the barber. I, yeah. I actually had the poster of the barber because I. He's cutting and strutting, man. Like I said on the bonus video, I always liked the the wrestlers who had like real life stakes. You know, like if they win, something's gonna happen. Something's gonna happen, and you can't fake it. You can't fake having a snake on you. You can't fake a haircut. Nope, you're gonna get your head shaved with them big ass hedge clippers. (laughs) But the main thing people wanted in this match was like Bruno getting in the ring, right? Uh, David is trying his hardest. He's getting hit on the right side, and his head's flying back to the right side. Yeah, you didn't. I didn't mispronounce that. It's going in the wrong oh, direction. Oh, the, the missile. Yeah. Well, he is greased up, so maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Physics in the ring. Um, that was a big. That was a big point during the the match. Yeah. Uh, Brutus calling out, "He's greased up," and then there had a bit, <laughs> which. Gorilla Monsoon just talking about how how some people grease themselves up was an interesting commentary. Yeah, 
and how Jesse commented like, well, it wouldn't be worth it because, you know, you're, you're going to clog up your pores and you're not getting the <laughs> oxygen. It's like, like, I just love it. It's, 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 it's so real. They, yeah. It's got to be, it's got to be real, right? Way like, to spend gold out of shit, guys. That was great. Yeah. But I mean, I'll, I'll give British credit. That was the only time I've ever seen anybody complain to the ref as a heel. Like, you know, the pulling the hair or pulling the tights, but never seen too much grease. Yeah. He's greased. <laughs> Bruno finally gets in the ring when Johnny Valiant attacks his son, and like the crowd goes crazy. They wanted to see Bruno hit somebody, and man, he did, and they went nuts. It was like a double DQ, but like they, the crowd oh, was happy. Yeah. The crowd was happy. And so that's, that's about all I got. So many Pearl Harbors happened during this match, too. That was the other thing I learned. Uh, the, the Gorilla Monsoon term, he got Pearl Harbor. Yeah, the Pearl Harbor job. It's a the, sneak the, attack. That means a sneak it's attack. It's a verb. Uh I remember that from my childhood. I, I, I always knew when a Pearl Harbor job. I was surprised, and he really? and he he tripled down during the match. Like, oh, he just Pearl Harbored him again. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, he he uses it throughout the night. It was one of his classics, and I I just always assumed it. I mean, like I knew what it meant. It was a sneak attack. I've never forgotten that one. And like, I wish I could remember all like the anatomy things he would say. The the protuberance something dorsal. Like, I think he added dolphin parts in there occasionally, and no one knew. Um. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I love Gorilla. He was one of my favorites. Yeah. Uh, this match was okay. I, I give it a, a C minus. No, I give like, it a fucking D. Okay. I mean, a D plus because it made the crowd happy. Okay. But, I mean, it was too long. Way too long. Way too it long. It was 10 minutes shorter. They could. They should have got to. And it was just a device to get Bruno in a ring. Totally understandable. That we, but we should have got there faster. There was too much front face locks and just, like, Holding holds. Yeah, David's comeback was just like watching a sloth try to eat dinner. And it it didn't give David any heat, so... No, it didn't. I mean, like, Bruno... uh, Brutus was fine. Johnny was fine after... But David was still just the new Bruno, and it was never going to work. Poor guy. Big shoes to fill, too big for him, unfortunately. Uh, Hold on one second. Let's take a quick pause. Okay. So we're so we leave the Bruno era transition and then get back towards the rock and wrestling era that we're currently in, right? A little nostalgia right. for everybody. The Bruno scene. Like, and, oh, I'm sorry. Well, again, like Vince is hedging his bet. You bring you bring Bruno into Madison Square Garden. You're gonna get a pop. Mm-hmm. You're gonna get a pop because that is the house that he built. And I've seen very little of his work, but I've heard good things. I want to see the Met Stadium show with him and Larry Zabiska. Oh, yeah, that'd be a... I don't know where that is. Network, you got it? I'm going to check later. We'll talk. <laughs> now, after... So we leave Bruno, and we go to JYD. As a kid, JYD was a big deal to me, man. Huge deal. Like, Huge. When I first started watching wrestling, my friend Richard's dad, uh, he kind of was the only adult who would watch wrestling a little bit with us, he would imitate Dusty Rhodes and he would talk about JYD. And so that those, so that made those characters much more important in my world. Right. Cause it's like an adult knows who they are and he's like, he like, he likes them. So they must be strong. You know, JYD was like a complete character. He was, he was a show amongst himself. He was the first one he, uh, we hear with his own, ring song that no. that's get them cakes uh, grab them cakes <laughs> grab them cakes which is uh jyd original junkyard dog man yeah. i highly recommend everyone go uh type in on youtube jyd's theme song 
and it will come up, grab them cakes. He is teaching. It's like a, it's like the modern day uh, Macarena or, uh, well, that's not the modern day by any means, but the some, cha-cha. The slide. cha-cha. Yeah. yeah. It's, he's, he's, it's a song actually about like how to do a dance and the dance is called grabbing them cakes, which is <laughs> like grabbing two handfuls of booty, I think. Which cracks me up now because I always remember remember him bringing in kids. <laughs> mm-hmm. then, I remember Thump. Thump. Oh, thump. thump. Okay, yeah, that makes more sense. And uh, he's going up against Greg the Hammer Valentine. And side note, my eighth birthday party was a wrestling party, and surprisingly, no one was hurt because it was a concrete floor with one blue mat, and we all dressed up as wrestlers and beat the shit out of each other. My friend Colin Prince emailed me. He's like, what was I at that birthday party? I said, Greg the Hammer Valentine. Bathrobe and Speedo. That's what he wore. And he's like, why did I do that? I was like, you really loved your bathrobe. You, for some reason, really loved that bathrobe, man. <laughs> I, I can't make that up. I, just, I can show you the text message. That's from like last week, just coincidentally. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> he called me today. He's like, well, I can't believe Did you find the tape? He didn't want it to come out on the internet. If I find that tape, it'll be on our Facebook page. <laughs> I'll find a way to get it up there. VHS to Facebook. We might have to blur some things. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like... <laughs> just a bunch of Speedo kids. Out. No, no. I was the Undertaker. <laughs> okay. Like, Greg the Hammer Valentine was a jobber by then. You know, he just right. wanted to wear his bathrobe. Uh, let's talk about the match because, like, speaking of Greg the Hammer, great pre-interview, like, great promo interview. I don't remember him having this much energy when I was a kid. No, I, yeah, I kind of remember Sad Hammer. Yeah, like it did just like Eeyore. Just, I'm gonna go try. I'm the hammer. But he was in in this match. He's in great shape. Oh no, he was awesome. They he was fired this, up. He tells a great story. His, Intercontinental champion. Yeah, he he looked amazing. And the belt though, he's got those a tiny green belt with silver plates. Oh yeah, which looked more like a boxing belt than, mm-hmm. and you know, again. Maybe Vince is stealing from boxing because it's the more popular sport at the time. But. Probably fewer belt makers too. Oh, that's that's correct. But I just remember seeing that belt and I was like, "What is that?" Because that's not like the yeah. Intercontinental Championship was like the one that hasn't changed, you know? And like it, an old prop from Rocky or something. Yeah, right. <laughs> but uh, great, the Hammers. I mean, now nah, looking good. Like they had a great match. Like every the crowd goes nuts for J- nuts for JYD. JYD is doing his thing. He gets on all fours and does like the running, like the crawling headbutts and stuff and. Hammer's freaking out. Jimmy's freaking out. Because Matha South is like the hardest working man in wrestling. Yeah. Great story. Weird ending. <laughs> now, he won by putting his feet up on the ropes. Greg the Hammer Valentine won by by using the leverage of the ring, if you will. Now, I understand that some of you may not understand that if a man just props his feet up two feet off the ground while yes. laying on top of another man, and it, that... He, he sh- shouldn't really help, but in fact, that is different. The physics inside the ring are very different. And I would like to ask our friend, special guest, Mr. Professor Turnbuckle. Oh, hello. Ah, how are you doing, Professor? Hi. Now, I, I heard you call, talking about physics before. Mm-hmm. And and it, it's true. Uh, if you have two masses of the same size in the same square circle, to, to get the, the leverage needed, you have at least... Two to the three feet are needed to 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 achieve such a uh, thing. So it would cause an imbalance. Just that just it's that a slight amount of space. Yes, and then your 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 top pass is the fulcrum, and and, and mm-hmm. then you win. Fascinating, fascinating. So, are, do you think that the gravity within inside the ring is actually different? Uh, gravity and time. 
Oh, wow. One minute's more like nine seconds, if you will. Oh, that is fa- Really? Yes, it's all true. It's and there are papers true. to back this up. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes, I'm, I'm from Oxford. I have a, a book of papers right here. No, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that is a, okay. Yeah. It's science. Science is a mystery. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. Did he just leave? Did I just miss? Oh, sorry. Yeah. Oh, darn. <laughs> I like that trap door you built in your apartment, man. That's pretty good. That's pretty Yeah, handy. yeah. Well, I, I, I both love Pee-wee and hate Pee-wee. So that's how I get my breakfast. I jump down that, that chute. I have a Ghostbuster pole at my house. Then there's a whole Rube Goldberg machine that, that makes me cereal. <laughs> I want to get Mr. T cereal if it's still around. Oh, I wouldn't eat. <laughs> Give me some Fruity O's, sucker. Well, if, like, Stranger Things feature it next season, you might get it. Well, thank you, Professor Turnbuckle, for stopping by. Hopefully, Oxford will not disown you for... Goodbye! Wow. Man, his ears are so good. He's good. good. He is so good. So now that we understand the physics, let's get back to the match. Greg the Hammer Valentine has erroneously retained his title. Illegally, if you will. And the only thing that can happen next is if a paragon of virtue will come out and correct this referee's mistake. Because this crowd is quiet. They're dead. They are upset. Now, who's going to make this crowd happy? A paragon of virtue, by God. And that man's name is Tito Santana. Tito comes out, and he tells the referee, hey. And he starts kicking them ropes. He's like, look, feet on the ropes. And that's how you know he's telling him about the ropes, because he's kicking the loose ropes as hard as he can. To explain that the hammer has cheated. Got to make sure the person in the last row can see the gestures because maybe they don't have ears. I don't know. (laughs) They didn't have a lot of microphones back then like they do now. So you can't hear anybody. So you got to kick the ropes to show everybody what you're talking about, the ropes. And the referee's like, oh, my God, the ropes? He's like, yeah, the ropes. And he restarts the match because Tito Santana, much like George Washington, cannot tell a lie. And that is just a fact. You got to believe Tito. Everyone believes Tito. That's the second law of wrestling. Got to believe Tito. Because I've since then I've never seen another wrestler come and dispute the end of a match and have it overturned. No, and I I met Tito Santana in Detroit a few months ago, and he said, "Alex, you have a bad haircut," and I, it was true. Yeah, it was true. Did he kick you in the head? No, no, he didn't. Get, <laughs> to he prove he, he like, just gestured very heavily towards the oh, head. Okay. <laughs> Did he kick your barber? <laughs> he was doing like that meow meow kind of gesture. That old puppet comedian. And I was like, that's a bad haircut. And I was like, I see, Tito. You are you are correct, sir. You're not lying to me. Thank you for that hard truth. It takes a real friend to tell you the hard truth. Tito, is a, Tito is a good man. He's a good man. So Tito and Santana and Greg Valentine kind of set up their rival, future rivalry. And uh, the referee restarts the match because, by God, Tito Santana's out there. And Greg the Hammer Valentine wants nothing to do with JYD. He's done. He just He's, walks out. In his eyes, he already won the match. So there's a count-out victory, and it's about seven or eight minutes of getting to the same finish that you could have had if he just yeah. walked out. I like how he, how he looks surprised that he got caught, counted out, even though it, it took 10 seconds to get to the end. Yeah, at about the 20, <laughs> the 20 count, he goes back towards the ring, and Jimmy's like, no, baby, no, baby. Yeah. But again, I love the energy. This is the side of him I, I don't remember. And I've, I'm going to be honest, I'm, I we're... Since we started this podcast or started talking about this podcast, I've watched the first three WrestleManias again, and there's so much stuff I forgot about. That's what I've really been enjoying about this project is going back 
and not being disappointed, you know, because there's always something new and something cool, you know, something to, to yeah. laugh at or with. Expectations, like, yeah, my, my false memories are being quickly corrected. Yeah, Greg the Hammer Valentine was great. He was all over the place. Uh, um, and he's going to be in a lot of WrestleManias, so we can kind of slowly see him evolve into Eeyore later. You know who else got better? Lord Alfred Hayes. He did. Now, poor Lord Alfred was basically uh, a time filler and also a human program. They would cut to him, and he would be standing in a suit, a tux that was way too large, like a poor tiny Tim. <laughs> like, please, sir, may I stop talking to the camera now? He looked like a small child introducing the school play, and he was just too nervous to talk. His eyes were darting all around. He didn't know what was happening. I don't know what was happening to the cameras left, but by God, it must have been crazy. <laughs> They put all his lines on a ping pong ball, and they were just hitting him back and forth because he was all over the place. They had half a sentence on one card and the other half on the other <laughs> yeah. side. They were just, just the worst rib ever. Everything was compound sentences. <laughs> but by the time we get here, you know, we're we're at the end of the fifth match. We finally get him. His, he's oh, confident. He's, yeah. he's he's looking like he knows what he's doing. And I look in his hand, and what's he holding? A program. His magic feather. So basically, between the matches, he's just reading ahead and like, oh, I just got to talk about that. Yeah. Okay, no problem. At the beginning, he had no idea what was happening. And it really gave, but it gave me the feel that now that I know the backstory, like, right. this is really kind of by the seat of our pants. Like, is this going to work or yeah. not? Yeah. They're, they're, they're constantly making adjustments. Some of them good, some of them bad. Who knows? <laughs> but some like, of them funny. But yeah, but I mean, like, this, like, Lord, seeing Lord Alfred that nervous, like, uh, you, was not common, and like that really gave me yeah. like the the pressure that was on, right? Yeah, this is ain't, this isn't his first rodeo. Uh, this is just his first rodeo of this magnitude. Mm-hmm. And being a human program might have been his first time. I've never seen. It. <laughs> I have to announce the matches, Vince. Uh, uh, poor Lord. Yeah. Well, let's get to match six. Yep, second title match, the uh, tag team titles. Some of my favorite, ti- one of my favorite titles. Like I love tag teams. This one I do not remember that much, though. The U.S. Express, Mike Rotunda, and Barry Windham. I don't remember Mike Rotunda until it becomes IRS. That That's my first memory of uh, Mike. Mm-hmm. Uh, Windham, he, he was pretty much, he would come and go. And I think I remember him more from WCW, maybe? Yeah, I remember him more as like Four Horsemen, WCW yes. stuff. Um, but, like, you know, being a big fan now, listening to the other podcast and other wrestlers talk about how good these guys are. I, I knew Mike Rotunda was a good wrestler. Um, and I've and everybody talks about Barry Windham, and watching this match, they proved it. Uh, they were yeah. fantastic, but yeah. their interview skills were lacking. But that's why you have a manager, that's and why you have Captain your, Lou, Captain Lou, who didn't like in the interview section, the most unsung hero of the rock and wrestling generation. Just think about what Captain Lou has done for wrestling. You know, without Captain Lou, there's no rock and wrestling. He, it doesn't become as popular as it is. He doesn't uh, do that video. There's no, yeah. There's no connection with that. Girls just want to have fun. Yeah, David Wolf. That's that's all Captain Lou. There's no Mario Brothers cartoon, which that have anything to do with wrestling. But I loved it. By God, me too. <laughs> <laughs> Not the worst live action Mario. So he's got that going for him. Yeah, Cap- Captain Lou was iconic, man, and uh, he's a good guy here, though. And so he seems like he's not his normal self where he's just like crazy. He's kind of reserved. Yeah, he's still in a transition phase. Uh, and then they're going up against guys who are not reserved at all. And the Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov, um, 
future in the future they'd be known as the uh, the Bolsheviks, but and they are managed by Classy or Freddie Blassie. Oh, three of the greatest heels of that era, and not of all time, like instant heat. Oh yeah, like Volkov would sing those first three bars of like the Russian national anthem every match, and I don't know if he knew the rest of it, but he always got interrupted anyway, so it didn't matter. <laughs> and you know, Freddie was just. I remember, I remember his voice the most from like the Attitude Era, like promos, like lead-ins. You know, yeah. he's sitting in the bleachers and he's talking. And they have his voice like doing a voiceover about all like the badassness of wrestling. That was great. Uh, but the Iron Sheik, oh, oh, I love the Iron Sheik. His interviews are so much fun. You, don't you agree? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, any interview, like his interviews on wrestling, his interviews on Stern, <laughs> uh, Twitter, Twitter. Like, oh god. In this game, like I loved how he a Gene Amin. In my life, uh, best best of life, uh, shape situation, uh, soon to be tag team champion. Yes. <laughs> and I remember him being big, but I don't remember him being as big as he was. Yeah. And we all know, like. That's Vince's type. He likes the big guys. He likes, you know, he likes muscle men. Dude, yeah, the Iron Sheik was nobody to mess with. He was a like a, a his background and everything. Olympi- oh. Olympian to bodyguard, like for what was it, the Sheik over there? Like the, yeah, whatever the president or boss was at the time. Over there. <laughs> the king, and I then think, like, the yeah. king wanted to kill him because he was too popular because he whipped wow. too much ass on camera. So then he moved to America. Uh, that's a great documentary. Like we should watch that again. Yeah, him and Haku have great lives. Like I want to, I want to see a Haku documentary. Oh, that'd be incredible. He speaks three languages. He tears people's eyes out. His bare hands. Um, but that's neither here nor there. So uh, back to the match. Uh, Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov win when uh, Classy Freddie Blassie throws the cane in and they use a legal weapon when the refs backs turned and knock out. I think it was IRS. Um, yeah, they catch Rotunda in the back of the head with the cane. Like he throws it in the ring, Volkov catches it and clocks him. It's a great ending. I loved it. That that is a classic wrestling move. I had to, I enjoyed the, the bejesus out of this match. It was yeah. Fun. The the manager throwing in the weapon is always like the classic move, right? Yeah. yeah. And yeah, it was great. And then they the, had the, the live interviews like before and after. So they come back and like I am champion Gene oh. Mean. And then it, my the, favorite part of the post match interview is uh, Classy Freddie Blassie not facing the camera <laughs> at all no. never faces the camera no no never show your back to the audience like that's his improv no freddie where's your cane <laughs> i never had a cane <laughs> it's the best and he's like waving the cane total, the entire time in the beginning it's, total did not, like you're that's, that's what a heel does that's, that's your great. thing you always have a cane <laughs> liar and like this match really picked it up a notch like the crowd yeah. started like this is when it started to feel like what normal wwf i would say are. the jyd versus hammer is when it really started getting started that's when the the it started getting hot but yeah. it, the, we got full on fire by the time we were we start this match yeah because you i mean you had the u.s express versus those guys who were hated it was fast it was great they cheated they won so everybody's angry now and then we go into a big one of the uh, main events the body yeah. slam match Andre the Giant with his career on the line versus yeah. Big John Studd. I remember this match. This match was great. Bobby Heenan's Big John Studd's manager. Bobby Heenan is a show stealer. Bobby Heenan is the greatest of all time. All time. Doing anything. Wrestling, managing, commentating, pole he, vaulting. I don't know. Hosting he, a weird talk show on USA. He, he was always hilarious. Awesome. And like... 
So they and I love how they had the money in the WWF duffel bag available at your local gimmick shop right outside the stands. <laughs> yeah. You know, I can get a bag just like John Studd had. You know, uh, and it was just full of crumpled up like one and ones it, and fives. It had real money in it, but not much. <laughs> yeah, um, but that was great. It was a great match. Yeah, you know, Giant's gonna win. Yeah. yeah, it's like who's the real Giant? And like when Andre's career's on the line. You know, no one, I don't think anyone expected him to lose. But at the same time, they really wanted to see Big Johnson and Bobby Heenan get, get their comeuffance. So uh, they were with it. They loved Andre. And I'm, and Hogan, Manch, Hogan mentioned this before during the, before, because <laughs> he was here. He left. I saw him. I saw yeah, him. Yeah, before he record. Him and Turnbuckle run together, yeah. rode together. Uh, <laughs> on the Steve Austin podcast, he was talking about, like, you know, Andre's health and everything. He's like going up to WrestleMania three wasn't the, you know, he got better. Uh, but it was like, I would, I would think during this time, it's probably one of his rough spots. Like he had a lot of trouble with his back. So you see like, he's holding on to the turnbuckle, but even with, even with that going on, still a great story. Great match. Andre had so much charisma. He is probably one of the all time greatest. One of my favorite people to watch. No, I think he's like, in real life, like the only real life superhuman there ever was, in all definitions, he's bigger, yeah. stronger, and like more. Like, I mean, he was like an icon. And he carried himself like that. So when he started, when he when he wins the match and he wins the money, he takes that prop, opens it up, and starts throwing out the five dollar bills, and just say save face. You know, Bobby Heenan also great. The weasel. Mm-hmm. Thinking on his feet, jumps in, grabs the bag before. You know, Vince, too much money goes down. Vince out. loses forty two fifty to the audience. <laughs> it, it was, was fun least... to watch. It, t- it was a great story. Yeah, it was great. Like he's like the crowd is going nuts. He's throwing the money in the crowd. Bobby Heenan being the dashly one does his thing. And like I just want to know which fans in that front row. I think two of them had enough to buy a free T shirt. And then another one probably got a coat. If they well, if they all chipped in. They might get a small. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe a couple of cokes. I don't know. Yeah. So. Uh, but yeah, so, uh, they go back and then Andre does his little interview with Mean Gene. Like he always does. He just talks and like Mean Gene's like, and we're out. And Andre is still just talking. He doesn't care. Yeah. There's music playing. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm Andre the Giant. I'm just gonna, I don't yeah. care about the money. Yeah. And it's just, it's great. It's just Andre being Andre and everybody's going nuts. And we finally get into, as Lord Alfred called it, the first of the rock and wrestling matches, which is yeah. the women's title match in the... Sub main event, yeah. We start with the the classic entrance of uh, Wendy Rector and Cindy Lauper. This clip I've seen a billion times, probably before almost every WrestleMania or anything that has anything to do with like yeah, it's in that female promo. empowerment within wrestling. It's it's a classic clip of them running down the hallway. It's also the first time we see anybody coming from the backstage, I believe. Like, well, no, they got Andre walking in a little oh, bit. You're they, right. They, they did a little bit. Of, like, so Bill Goldberg stole his entrance from Andre, except for he just. Backed it up some, but, all right. But I noticed that I noticed that when I was watching, I was like, "Oh, so Andre started the uh, the six steps past the camera thing." Um, but yeah, that, but, but I got to say, Wendy Richter, the dress, the way she dresses, and the way she talks, like she was born and like she was born to be in the wrestling industry. Yeah, yeah, she does look like a Glow character. I mean, Glow the 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 Netflix series. Mm-hmm. Like she looks. And the she way she thinks that thick yeah. Jersey accent, like, I mean, like, I, I can't do it. Like, like, oh, obviously. you mean Cindy Lauper. Shit. What am I? Yeah, what you said I Wendy Richter. That's okay. 
the, the truth is, they can be said about both. Eh. <laughs> yeah, no, Cindy Lauper, like, yeah, she was born to be a manager, like, and her being like, like, uh, Captain Lou's right hand gal, like it made sense. It was a perfect oh, yeah, it was pairing. logical, right? It's it a perfect pairing. She was trained on how to be a manager and got her license through Captain Lou. But like she's got that that trash talking, like she's talking mean gene and like I can't oh. think of a, a female like singer who would be a great manager today. No. Uh, Nicki Minaj, I don't know. <laughs> is Beyonce still singing? Maybe she can do it. I don't know if she just stood there. <laughs> She ain't got time for that shit. <laughs> you ain't got time to stand somewhere? You just stand there. Uh, but it was great. Uh, uh, let's, uh, and who's she facing? Okay, she's facing, like, so the M- Moolah's girl, Leilani Kai, the current champion. Now, Leilani Kai is in hula skirts and things, but she is, you should know, she is from Honolulu, Georgia. Yeah, yeah, South Honolulu. So she's wearing all these hula skirts. Just, Hi, I'm Layla Kai. <laughs> I am gonna go out there and I'm gonna get mine and I'm mm-hmm. gonna I'm gonna come back with my hand in Victor. Yeah, and that's I, quote I'm going straight to the Piggly Wiggly and I'm gonna buy myself some cheese puff for victory. Uh, I don't know who Victor is, but he better watch out because uh, <laughs> Leilani Kai was looking to put her hand up in him. Like I love. It. <laughs> no, seriously. Like if you go back and watch it, she said, I'm gonna come back with my hand in Victor. Oh. <laughs> And I was just like, oh, man, like she oh, is no. so BFE, like down south. Like, I think I, I think I knew a couple of her growing up. Yeah. <laughs> and, and like me and Jean kind of just looks at her and she looks back and I'm like, she doesn't know what she said. Anything's wrong. Oh, well, folks, it's live. <laughs> Aloha, Mean Jean. Aloha. That's what they say. <laughs> how, how do y'all? Aloha. Aloha. Uh, okay. I was trying to do something there. It did not work out. <laughs> it's all right. Everybody gets one. <laughs> well, if she doesn't know the character, why should I? <laughs> But uh, so they go out, and it was great match. Yeah, had had like a lot of uh, pomp and circumstance. I guess had a lot of people, like a lot of bodyguards, a lot of security, a lot of right. camera, a lot of cameramen. They were all over the place. So when uh, Wendy gets the victory, right? Yeah. Uh, of course, Cindy gets involved a little bit with Moolah, so that causes a distraction. Wendy makes the win. But yeah, she doesn't have any wrestling training, so it. it I think they did the best job with everything. They had no. I thought it was perfect, and like the and then everybody flooding the ring, you know, like yeah. it's a huge like, like after the boxing matches, like it's a huge thing. All the cameras and everybody taking pictures, and people are getting yeah. interviewed. It made it feel really important, and it was a long time before women's match was in that place again, which sucks. But we're there now. So yeah, it's all right. yeah. We got honestly. I think in the new product, the women are doing so much better than the men. Like, I'm so much more interested in... What Becky Lynch is up to? Yeah, and just everybody else. She feels... Yeah, she's got a real character. It's good. And Charlotte Flair's got a real character, too, but to a point, it's got... But she got shoved in her throats too much. If Shasha, Sasha Banks comes well, She's back, doing better than David San Martino. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And yeah, yeah, they like just, just so many great things going on now. It is. It, it, yeah, it's... Um, though, I, yeah, the, the women's wrestling right now is... Much the storyline wise and in ring wise, it's very entertaining. Um, often much similar than the men. Yeah, like uh, the, I think the, the only male storyline I'm really interested in right now is as far as WWE is uh, Kofi. Kofi, I'm a big Kofi fan. It just because I like New Day. I, I mean, I, I'm happy Kofi got his thing. I, yeah, I want Samoa Joe to be a champion. Me too. Damn it. Me too. I it, I I wish he would have beat Seth or something. I was a fan of Dolph Ziggler's for as long as I can be, but I just can't. 
I'm, I mean, I still like him, but I just yeah, I'm apathetic. He just loses too much. Well, and that's not his fault, you know. <laughs> I know. But to me, he he's like the next Jericho if he wanted, if they allowed him to do his gimmicks, because he sells crappy gimmicks well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if he just went, if he just went away for like a year and then came back, so for like four, like four weeks, he like, tried, and then he comes back, and he they he keep to, bringing him back way too quick. Yeah, it's yeah. like no, it's like a month is not a big departure. You obviously weren't that mad, uh, but we digress. We digress. <laughs> back to 1985. All right, time machine. So Wendy Richter is the new champion. And Cindy Lauper is celebrating with Captain Lou and Wendy in the back, and she's like, "Mean Jane, it took two of them to beat me, or to beat. We took two of them to beat us, and and, and then two more, and then I'm the champion now." And then Cindy saves it by being a wrestling manager, like she was born to be. Yeah. And we go into um, the main event. The main event. Now Howard Finkel announces the guest ring announcer, the New York Yankees' own Billy Martin. Because you're in New York. He's a popular guy. People go, your bet. people go nuts. But side note, Mean Gene had to do some promos with Billy Martin. And Mean Gene's stories were that Billy Martin was freaking hammered the entire time. So like, you see the interviews, and like Mean Gene is just spoon-feeding this stuff to him. Mean Gene was the best. They, yeah, They that, talk about him. That's his skill right there. Yeah. They talk about when he, after a while, like Mean Gene would just spend a weekend just doing all the promos. For yeah. the for the like the next eight weeks, with everybody and just, yeah. and he had energy the whole time. I could imagine talking in front of a camera the whole time and trying to coach people up. Well, if you go back and watch, it's like you see, you think the guy said something, but Mean Gene just explained everything to the point where the guy only has to give like a one one or two word answer. Yeah, yeah he, he would do long gated questions, right? So after this long bout with so and so, are you excited to get back into the ring with him and maybe getting the championship you deserve? Yes. yes, I am. <laughs> yes, I Good. Am. See you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> but there was one clip. I, I actually looked these up because like, I wanted to see if it was true. And that they're on the boat. Yeah. So Mean Gene and Billy are on a boat. And they're doing a promo for WrestleMania. And he's like, you know, there was some physicality on the baseball field. I know. It's a physical sport. But nothing like you're going to see at WrestleMania. Ain't that right, Billy? Like, ah, well, Gene, uh, they're big fat guys. Big bellies, you know, big, big fat guys moving around, you know. <laughs> and Mean Gene just doesn't even bat an eye and just, ah, blah, blah, blah. you know, he just takes over. And like eventually the guy, they get a clip of him saying something like, oh, I was just, I was just messing around, teasing. But uh, <laughs> like this, the fact that Mean Gene, like, you just, just no hesitation, just goes right to the next question, you know. Just, uh, we'll get it in post. <laughs> and that, it, it, he's, Mean Gene was just great. Anything he did was just entertaining. The period. best. The best. Um, That's why we need a new, like a new version of that. We need a new Gene. Uh, Corey ain't gonna be it. <laughs> Poor Corey. Um, hating on Corey Graves. You are gonna get some hate mail for well, that? You know what? He's gotta pick a side. Either be a heel and keep on doing it and do it well, or or be a babyface. Don't don't have your toes in both water. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't know who's giving him feedback, but uh, I I would like to disagree with you, but I actually do agree. Like, it's it's lukewarm. Plus, like, and I know you know what, and and in his defense, I know he gets feeded a lot of stuff, and like the creepy woman stuff, I got to take you know umbrage with. Hmm. You know, the whole like every time a gorgeous blonde comes out, he he sounds like he wants to jump on him right there, and it's like. 2019, dude, and honestly, if, when the women's doing much better than the men. 
probably you should pump the brakes on that. And then I know again, not him, the, the character. I just don't like the announcers uh, when like when Gorilla and Bobby bickered. It was because Bobby was sticking up for the heel. Yeah, and they were they were it was so still about the match and like the announcers bicker now about themselves. Oh, and phrasing. Yeah, you know they. Why they, would you say that word? Yeah, you know, it, who don't cares? Get, it's wrestling. Who gives a fuck about grammar? Like, <laughs> Maybe I'm, I'm you, taking that I'm personal. You, Gorilla Monsoon <laughs> talked about dolphin body parts on people, right. and nobody cared. I thought it was real. I learned anatomy from Gorilla Monsoon. You know the, I, the way that Jesse and Gorilla fight, it's like uh, best friends. Yeah. The way that Corey and any other announcer fight, it's like stepbrothers. A bad reality TV show. In a, in a long car ride. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the next celebrity to come out, as we get back on track once again, we get like a train sound. Off the train. <laughs> but uh, it's Liberace. He comes out with the Rockettes, and like everybody's going nuts because it may not seem like a big deal, but that was a big deal. The Rockettes were a big thing, and Liberace yeah. was like an icon. And he's having the time of his life. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. When I first think about wrestling, the last person I would associate it with would be Liberace. But we've seen that clip in like every WrestleMania since then. You know, like that's always that little clip of him doing the can-can with the the ladies. And he is having the time of his life. He's having a good time. He's not faking anything. And like he's having the time of his life, not as maybe other men would, but he's having the time of his life dancing. I ain't mad at him. I ain't mad at him for it. And the audience loved it. Yeah. And you know what? Like, he's an icon. He is. He is. And we, and he's one, like, one of the first, I think he's maybe have been the biggest celebrity thus far, like, at, to this Probably, point yeah. that we've seen. Like, so that's really cool. And uh, I loved him. He was, so he was the bell ringer. And uh, yes. so the match. Timekeeper. 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 Time so yeah, timekeeper, AKA bell ringer. And the, so when the match starts, they ring the bell, the normal bell. But then they go to the camera shot, and Liberace stands up, and he pulls out a tiny, tiny silver bell, and just ding, 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 ding. It was great. Oh, it man. was perfect for the character. It was. It matched his shirt. It was fantastic. Like, I just, yeah, that that was my favorite part. <laughs> Liberace ringing that tiny bell to start the match. Um, and then uh, we have the guest referee Muhammad Ali, the greatest of all time. Yes. Who. According to some Jim Ross's stories, I thought was well aware that wrestling was um, pre pre uh, a work predetermined. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Yeah. Uh, don't want to use the word fake because they're really doing it. Yeah, but yeah. um, it, it but like Pat Patterson tells the stories of how Muhammad Ali was trying to get physical with people and was they got real nervous. So they put him in the made him the outside referee and Pat yeah. Patterson the inside referee. Well, <laughs> even as a gimmick, so let's talk about. Muhammad Ali, who must respect, um, as a as a referee, like a referee's job is not to threaten violence anytime a rule is broken. Because anytime something would happen, he would put up a, like he would do the 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 boxing stance, like mm-hmm. almost like, but not like a real boxing stance. It's more like, hey, you want to take a picture with the champ? Yeah, <laughs> but as a threatening, like, yeah. But see that that's just just threatening. Yeah, you yeah, want to take yeah. a picture with the champ. You want a picture with the champ. Do it again. You're gonna take a picture. That's with a t-shirt right there. You want a picture <laughs> with the champ? Oh, I that's great. I think I great. stole that from Baboa. <laughs> oh, uh, that would be a great like shit talking. Like, you want a picture with the champ? Come over picture. here. Come over here and get a snapshot. <laughs> uh, and then 
So Ali, but the, because of JR's story, I, I looked it up. He actually did the JR thing with Jake the Snake and down in Mid South. It was three months after this. So this was maybe his first wrestling uh, dive into wrestling. I'm not sure. And we've heard these stories before. Uh, Hulk Hogan was just talking about that. And I know I've mentioned it three times, but the rule of three, baby. <laughs> I'm going to talk about him three times tonight, baby. Um, that there's so many wrestlers who got into the business not knowing that, that again, it's predetermined and it, it, it's more of improvised stunts rather than uh an amateur actual, wrestling, yeah, yeah an actual, actual fight. fight, yeah. Uh, and they and Hogan's like, I tried to wrestle this guy, and he was just he knew how to wrestle. I did not. And people, we would like people would come out from the back knowing that I didn't know it was uh, a work, and just laugh because they're like, you're not gonna, you know, like you're not gonna stuff a Kurt, Kurt Angle type person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or just, yeah, Gerald Briscoe, Kurt Angle, them guys were just like real, real wrestlers. That- and you hear on all these podcasts, all these old timers be like, yeah, and then after my 10th match, they told me, they, they let me into the secret, which is crazy. Like, what a crazy sport this is. Yeah. I mean, I, but, I, and I, I, I can see the genius behind it, too, though, because right. if if they're well, you're, new, right? So they're right. going to start the show. So the audience comes in half believing, and then they see that one, and that one guy is real as hell. Mm-hmm. So now they're sold that it's real, so the other guys can be a little more... Plus, yeah, right. They're protecting kayfabe, tooth and nail. Yeah, this is still a time when it's real. Roddy Piper, and so, and, and in case in point, Roddy Piper is pissed off that Mr. T, a actor, is in this main event with him. Yeah, in real life, um, which gets us to our heel entrances. The big entrance, the like the all the uh, the Scottish the Scottish bagpipers come out, play Roddy's music, and he comes out with Orndorff and uh, uh, what was Orton. his what was his nickname for Bob Orton Jr. Oh, I don't remember. Uh, yeah, sport or not. lefty. Yeah, lefty. Because <laughs> he had a broken hand for like fifteen years. <laughs> he just had he had bad bone healing. He didn't drink enough milk. <laughs> uh, so they come out, chorus of booze. Then uh, Hulk Hogan's music, "Real American," starts playing, and like the crowd just goes ape shit. Yeah, yeah. Hogan. I mean, as far like I'm, I'm a, a Ric Flair fan. Most of all, but Hogan really got the audience. He he knew how to work that that crowd. Oh, he is he, he was the end all beat all of like wrestling celebrities. Uh, and Mr. T's with them, and it's and they have Jim, they have Jimmy Snuka to take care of the Bob Orton Jr. on the outside, right? And that's based off of Roddy Piper cracking Jimmy Snuka in the head with the coconut with the coconut, and that's what put Piper over. We have a lot of little factors that that make this such an epic match. They do. They do a great job back in the day of storytelling and taking their time and making sure all the factors or using opportunities to create something bigger mm-hmm. than just, you know. It was starting at, it started at the end of the story and worked their way back a little bit, I think. I don't know if it did, in this case it was, but it just kind of all came together that way. So Jimmy Snuka was tied in. Everybody was tied in. It, Everybody was tied it in. all came in. Uh, the Sydney Lopper story, everything was tied into this main event. And it's also part of, the, part of the problem of them having a pay-per-view match almost every month. Yeah, they might sell subscriptions to your app, but it, for, as far as storytelling, if you have to have a conclusion or have a high point every four weeks, it's it's a little rough. Yeah, I thought when they separated the brands, they would do two month stories, which would be better. But uh, that that's just my opinion. 
Yep. Um, if you disagree, well, let us that's know. That's why you have a podcast to tell people your opinion. Just people deserve it. <laughs> and again, we're not historians. We're not Mike Tanay or... <laughs> Just a fan. Just a fan. A fan way too... Maybe spending way too much time watching wrestling. But... That's not a thing. Right? <laughs> I, I say the same. I don't think yeah. it's a thing either. Um, the match... People say Mr. T got blown up and all these things. I thought it was fine. I thought he did great. I thought, yeah, yeah, for a guy's first match, or maybe I think it's his second match, and he's the main event. I I enjoyed it. I yeah. thought it was great. He got the hot tag from Hogan, and like everybody went crazy. Um, like the the, the ending was perfect. This like, is the match I remember, and I loved it. Yeah, it's the it's the only match I really remembered from my childhood. Uh, going back and getting this VHS at, at the store, right, and. Uh, Oh, back when you had the big Coliseum. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was two VHSs versus yeah, one. Yeah, so. and they were like, the, the box is twice as big as everything else. Everything mm-hmm. everything about this was epic. So it was you know, double your money there, double the value there. Uh, so basically, Hogan's been set up. Cowboy Bob Orton Jr.'s on the top of him with that cast, and he jumps off. Hogan gets out the way and then cracks his own guy in the head, Orndorf. Good guys. Uh, Hogan drops a leg. Good guys win. And... The ring, everybody just goes crazy, and the ring floods of just tons of people. Tons of people. Ali's in there. I mean, all the celebrities in the ring—they're all celebrating. And Paul Orndorff, God bless him, is just laying there for a good two to three minutes of all the people just dancing around him, and he's just laying there not moving. He is selling this cash shot. He is. Piper left. Bob Orton left. They're like, you know, we're out of here. Um, they just leave him. They left her boy. You never leave a man down. And poor Paul Orndorff gets up and he's like stumbling. Like he doesn't know where he is. He looks around. He's by himself. Uh, eventually escapes. And that actually set him up to be a good guy because the crowd felt bad for him. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he got abandoned. What I like, there is a part where Mr. T tries to shake his hand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Hogan's like, no, man, leave him alone. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Hogan pulls him back like he's trying to pet like a wounded dog or something, yeah. you know? No, brother, no. That's just that, that dangerous. I, I was honestly wondering if that was part of the story of, or just him just like, hey, good match, man. We did it. <laughs> I think T just heard it. He's supposed to be a good guy now, right? So I'm just yeah. going to shake his hand. That's how we do it in the A team, sucker. Yeah. <laughs> this is a two parter. <laughs> <laughs> now we friends, sucker. <laughs> um,. And then that's how it closes out. Like, like you know, that's it. it kept like, uh, good, good night, folks. And then credits. Yeah, there was actual credits too, though. Yeah. That and that that that's. I wonder if that's part of the Coliseum deal or who knows. I never. No, I mean I don't think so because they had other things on Coliseum with no credits. Like there was very rarely credits with Vincent Mann, yeah. uh, but this was the first one. Well, by WrestleMania two, he figures out how not to pay people, so no more credits. Exactly. <laughs> You don't know how to sue if you don't get credit for it. Oh, this is fun. I'm, I'm glad, man. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I enjoyed it. It, it was different than I remembered it, which and was great. Though there's a lot these, of good you, gems in there. You can all of these. You can get on the WWE uh, network. Mm-hmm. It's only ten bucks a month, and you get a free pay per view. Well, I mean, yeah, you, when you sign up, you're gonna get like sixty to thirty days free, depending on when so you sign up. So much on. content. They just re up. They just redid the whole thing, and it's. It's where we got most of our research, uh, that and Wikipedia and, you know, other podcasts. So, uh, yeah, if you get a chance, check it out. This is definitely, I know it's a fun watch, especially if you're from that era. I don't know if people, I don't know if people younger than us who didn't have the nostalgia will enjoy it as much as we did. It's not the WWF you think of really, because I think WrestleMania three was that. 
at least the start of it. But this is a real cool yeah, look into w- where it all began. It's a good merger of like old school ref- wrestling, like this, you know, the Bruto, Bruno San Martino type style and, and the transition into rock and wrestling. Mm-hmm. And you can see it's it's the grandfather of what we watch now. So it's a really cool, like historic look, I guess the best way I can put it. Yeah. And the, the promos are interesting because they're not pre-written and there are stumbles and hands in Victor. But... All in all, it was a great match, and Vince McMahon didn't sleep that night till he got the report of how many people bought this show and knew he was going to be all right. But Do you have that number? Like that was like, well, It was over a million. Over a million. Wow. Like, I looked it up, and I, I, heard, I saw a couple of different things, but then over the million was the mo- by far the most uh, prominent on all their oh. websites. Okay, cool. Um, that's it, and that's like the official well. report. But WrestleMania 1 was a success. Vince McMahon keeps the company. Uh, Hogan and Mr. T get the big victory, and... Wrestling is now in the forefront of pop culture. And that's it for episode one. Bob, you enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Thank you all for listening. It's gonna, there's going to be some changes. There's going to be some new guests. Uh, I know some of y'all are thinking, where's Jake? Because he was in that previous yeah. episode. Well, our friend Jake just started a new job, and he's got a lot of like training and like these tests he has to take and stuff. But he's trying to build a better future for himself, and we wish him the best. And we'll see him probably at WrestleMania three. Probably he's, around three. You know? Yeah, he's not gonna miss. He's he's not gonna miss WrestleMania three. He's been talking about that for a year now. So <laughs> we look forward to having him with us. And in the meantime, we'll, we might have some guests, and in the future, we might have some guests. Uh, but I also like to remind everybody to make sure you like and follow us. Um, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can email us at WrestleManiacsPodcast at gmail dot com. Mm-hmm. And we're on WrestleManiacs Podcast on Facebook and WrestleManiacs, uh, WrestleManiacs Pod on Instagram. Uh, please like, uh, let us know what kind of things you'd like to see on this show because we're wrestling fans just like you guys. And if you guys want to see like certain elements of a show, we'll throw them in there. Why not? Yeah, yeah, we're all fans. Let's 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 do this. And if you want to be on the show and live in the Detroit area, shoot us a, like send us a message. Let yeah. us know your history. Why okay. not? Why not? I need new friends. I'm not from here. <laughs> Let's build a new Desperate stable. Desperate the- <laughs> uh, But thank y'all very much, and like, I hope y'all are going to enjoy this journey with us as we go from year-by-year year WrestleManias with a few things in between. But for Bob Wick, I'm Alex Ketchum, and until next time, I am going for the leg. Hold up now before you go. We here at the WrestleManiacs Podcast want to thank you for listening. We want you to know that this is a podcast by wrestling fans for wrestling fans. So we want to hear your feedback. We want to hear your stories, your comments, your questions, so we can make this podcast as good as possible. Now, in order to get in touch with us, you can hit us up on Facebook at WrestleManiacs Podcast on Facebook, or you can email us at WrestleManiacsPod at gmail.com or on Instagram at WrestleManiacsPod. Thank you for tuning in. We want to also thank Gabber Media. You can check out all their other great shows or however you get your podcast or at GabberMedia.com. See you guys next time.